0: Amigos, that's how people who speak Spanish make fun of us white people. Hola, hola amigos, como están? That's how they they be clowning us. What's up everybody, you're listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Harper. Just a regular dude with a regular job, lots and lots of opinions. So I come here about once every few weeks to get them off my chest. You don't have to agree with me. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, and that's okay. We can still be friends, because I'm of the opinion that if we all learn to disagree without being disagreeable, the world would be a better place. i got some great things to talk about today, and we'll get to those. I just returned from Fort Worth, Texas. I went up there for my aunt's retirement party, and I'm back. Back at the coastal bend. But you didn't come here to hear me talk about where I am. You came here to hear me talk about what I think. So sit back, relax, and hand me the keys to the Range Rover for about the next 30 to 45 minutes. I bet you didn't expect this, did you? A little early week podcast delight surprise release from me to you. Because I'm trying to be more productive. That's what I I said I wanted to do, and that's what I'm going to do, at least for this week. Sorry I wasn't able to get one out yesterday, which was Sunday. Today is Monday... February something, 22nd, 2020, no, 21st, 2022. That's how turned around I am. I mentioned on the intro, which was not pre recorded, that I was in Fort Worth for the weekend. And it was really cool. I went to my Aunt Carol's um, retirement party. She had worked for the same company for 30 years. Well, the company was bought, but she worked under the same umbrella for the same people. For 30 years which is incredible to me i uh I, I respect people who grow with a company like that it's not for me i don't think it is anyway i often wonder what would have happened had i stayed with my first job or second job for that matter but uh yeah it was cool man all the stories they got i mean it really is like a family even just at the brewery the people that i work with it's nice to be able to have people that you're close to and um you know, it always feels good to have close people around you. And being a job hopper, it's pretty tough to get that. So, congrats to Aunt Carol. Enjoy your retirement. And never, ever, ever think about work again. And since I traveled, I had some thoughts. I acquired some thoughts throughout my journey. And you guessed it. We're going we're gonna to go back to the mask for a little bit. I know you're excited to hear that. Now, honestly, I haven't. Thought of a mask in so long, it didn't even cross my mind that you had to have one in a stupid airport in a stupid airplane until like the morning that I got in my truck to leave. Luckily, I borrowed a mask from my next door neighbor who also works at the brewery a few months back when I went to the Bitcoin conference. So I saved that. It's funny because when I got back from the conference, I thought, I'm just going to throw this thing away. I don't need it. I'm never wearing a mask again. But I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. I've gotten more use out of that little $2 mask that she gave me than uh, probably I have of any other mask that I ever wore. But it's just comical to me. It's comical that we all do this and nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares except for the people that are making these rules. I can tell the TSA is tired of enforcing it. All the people are tired of walking around with the face diapers. I knew this day would come. And it's funny because I have, to, I have to look at this behavior or look at these people and think to myself, remember, y'all remember when I told you this was going to happen? I told you. I said, there's going to be a day when y'all are sick of the mask, but you're not going to be able to quit wearing it because you've been barking orders at people for so long to wear their stupid mask. And here you are wishing you didn't have to wear one, but you barked for so long and so loud at everyone that's still going. Supposedly it's supposed to lift on March 22nd, and I think it's even dumber that we just go along with it until they tell us that we're free to take the mask off our face. I don't know. I sure hope they don't extend it. I'm not flying again until it's done. I'm over it. I can't do it. It's not worth it. Although not one person said a word to me. I had it around my chin 95% of the time with every intention of correcting it if anyone said anything to me. And the only time somebody said something was when I was going through the, the TSA like a bull being led to slaughter and they're shouting instructions at you the whole time. and go, Sir, I need you to pull the mask over your nose. And I just think to myself, you poor guy. You didn't cut it at Burger King. So here you are at the TSA thinking that you're making a difference in the world by keeping it safe for the travelers. Oh, so frustrating to me. I don't get it. I don't understand these people. Another thing that rubs me the wrong way is that we all went to eat dinner at a Japanese hibachi restaurant where they cook in front of you. Zero percent of the customers were wearing masks at their tables. Now, they did the whole, well, we'll just put it on and then we'll walk in and then when we sit down. We'll just take it off and then we'll just never put it back on again. But that way we don't have to worry about anybody thinking that we don't care about everybody. So you have those people. As soon as they sit down around a U-shaped table full of strangers, the masks come off, the drinks start flowing, everyone starts eating, except the help. The help is still running around in masks. And I'm not blaming the customers who do away with the mask rule for the help having to wear masks. But I will say that it's absolutely disgusting to me that everyone is just okay with the help in masks and us not in masks, and and I think that you know not only are some people okay with it, but there are other people who like it. There are other people who who think that it's it's emboldening or empowering for them to be at a level of power whereby they can do whatever they want to. They're the customer. They're the high roller. This is no different than the guy than the, than the rock stars tearing up uh, hotel rooms because they're the rock stars. We can tear it up. We can do whatever we want to do. And these people get off on requiring you to do something that they don't have to do. I know, I know. You're saying, what, what, what do you mean, these people? What do you mean? That's generalizing. Yeah, sure. If it's not you, then it's not you. But I'm talking about the people that do that. And we could all admit that there's people out there who get excited about making rules that they don't have to follow. And that goes from the top to the bottom. So the, the people at the bottom, I'm talking about just the the everyday workers, not not the politicians, not the people at the very top making the laws and the policy, but the people that are just, that are customers. They want to feel like they're in charge. They want to feel like they have, they can do a little bit more because of the customer. They're paying. I'm paying to be here. I can do whatever I want to do. And that that sentiment is just disgusting to me. And everyone would deny it. Every person that you would ever ask that about themselves would say, well, that's not me. I don't really feel that way. But we all know that there's people out there that do feel that way. And those are the people that I disdain. Those are the people that can't acquire power any other way. They can't acquire power through leadership. They can't acquire power through respect. So they have to just put themselves in a position whereby they're just granted the power. And in this particular case... You see it. These people expect all the help and all the staff around them to walk around covering up their faces. And they just walk around and flail about with their goblets and wine. Oh, man. We don't need those kind of people. There's no need in our society for the type of person who likes to feel a little bit more entitled for one reason or another. It doesn't matter if because they have gold teeth. It doesn't matter if it's because they're more rich. It doesn't matter if because it's they're, they're flying private. You should never feel more, more entitled than another human. There's nothing that sets you apart. We all put our pants one leg at a time. Treat people with respect. You know, you can tell a lot from someone, about someone, by how they treat the help. By how they treat the guy that's come to cut their grass with a guy that worked on their car, with a guy that fixed their electrical problems, with a plumber. You can tell a lot by how people treat those people. And the people who treat them crappily, I despise. I'm not saying there's a lot of them. I'm not saying it's you. I'm not saying it's everyone. But you could probably name some, and I hope you despise them as well. Speaking of despise, you know, I read an article the other day that just sits wrong with me. It doesn't sit right, and I feel like it's my obligation to say something. The problem with saying these types of things is that people will frequently label you incorrectly, and I'm okay with that, because I think it's more important to say how you feel and stand behind it than it is to hide behind how you feel and not have to deal with the heat. And that particular article was in reference to Oprah Winfrey's 22 black owned businesses that you should be supporting. And it'd be one thing if they were just businesses that you should be supporting. But I don't think it's right for someone to say, support them because they're black. And I, the reason that I feel like it's not right is because I wouldn't want someone to say, Hey, you should go support these businesses because they're owned by white people. I honestly don't think you should base your decision on whether or not to shop somewhere. Based on what color the skin of the owner is. To me, that that seems counterproductive on trying to be colorblind, on trying to overcome the history of our country. It seems counterproductive in trying to build unity and cohesiveness. It just doesn't seem right. And if we were if we were to say that about a white business, then I think it would be labeled as discrimination and discrimination is treating two things, which are similarly situated dissimilarly say that five times fast. And so if we can agree that that's what discrimination means, then we can also agree that pushing a business because of the skin color of the owner is kind of discrimination. That's what we voted against in the 1960s. Now, am I worried it's going to affect me, in my world, in my bubble? No, it's it doesn't. But I want to see equality. I want to see where we don't worry about what color anyone's skin is. I want to see where we give loans to the people that deserve them based on what color their skin is is not worthy of deciding who gets a loan. And I used a loan example because in the article it kept saying that historically black owners just haven't had access to capital and don't get loans and and while that may sound bad initially or or it sounds discriminatory we're just assuming that they didn't get the loan because they're black and i don't think that's fair it's not fair to say well if they didn't get the loan it's because because the banks are racist i mean we have to remember that banks are here for profit banks loan money in order to make money to profit. I don't think there's anyone anywhere at any bank. Well, I'll, I'll retract that because there might be one guy at one bank in one state somewhere, but generally I think we can all agree that a banker would never tell his employees or his, his product sellers to not give a loan to someone because they have black skin. I I honestly don't think that happens. Now, they may have bad credit, they may have defaults, they may not be creditworthy, and maybe that's why they're getting denied the loan, but if their numbers are there and all the credit's there, the last thing a bank wants is to deny a loan to a black person who would have qualified. Think about what kind of hot water you'd be in. So I would say it's probably more likely that they extend credit to people they shouldn't if they have black skin so that they don't get accused of doing the opposite. And it's a very, very fine line. It's hard to, it's hard to talk about this without people getting offended and feeling uncomfortable. And I feel like it, it shouldn't be ignored. We shouldn't just say, yeah, let's just give loans to people based on the color of their skin. I mean, when they were giving out COVID money towards the end of the whole free money make it rain program, We were told that we didn't qualify to get free money because we weren't owned by a minority or a woman. And to me, if I were a minority or a woman, I would be offended. I would say, what do you think that like we're not capable of of doing this on our own because of our sex or our skin color? Nah, nah, you keep your money. Keep your money. Actually, I don't know. I'd probably still take it. But it just makes sense that we start taking note of this kind of stuff. I mean, it matters. It really does because it could just, it, it could keep getting worse and worse and we will become more divided and we will focus more on skin color. I mean, if we're going to be colorblind, let's freaking be colorblind. Speaking of blind, I want to touch on something here. I got a little clip to play that I'm going to play here in a second, but I want to touch on something because I feel like it's my responsibility. Um, and that is that to disclose that I, I, I don't claim to be like some unbiased source of information. I mean, I get my information from places too. And so the places where I get my information, they're probably biased because it's impossible to find unbiased journalism today. I'm going to t- touch on that a little bit more later. But I just wanted to put it out there and say that a lot of these clips that I hear, I get them from the Michael Berry show who a, is a radio talk show host out of Houston. You can look him up if you want to. He's got podcasts. He's also got a terrestrial radio show. He's on 740 KTRH out of Houston, and he's syndicated all throughout the country. But, you know, he came on, and he said how influenced he was by Rush Limbaugh. And I was a little bit too young to really get into Rush Limbaugh. But I felt like, you know what, Michael Berry influences me probably. And I and I and there are lots of things that I don't agree with him on. Uh, I may not talk about them on here, but I try to maintain a level head and I try to dissect things and and think things through before I talk about them. But it would be kind of silly to say that, oh, well, yeah, I'm not influenced by anyone. I just I read all these unbiased articles and make my own decision. And that's just not the case. And I feel like it's my responsibility to be forthcoming. So a, a lot of clips that I play are from his show. I'm going to try to start giving him credit. I've used them in the past. I haven't necessarily said where they're from, but a lot of these t- clips I can't find anywhere else. So I just chop them up from, uh, from his show and then I get them on here. So anyway, that being said out of the way, I'm going to talk about, uh, the tyrant, Justin Trudeau, this guy, I hate this guy more every day. He wore blackface a couple of times. He comes, runs around, calls everybody racist. He says he supports the truckers and all their hard work and wants to make sure that they're taken care of in the middle of the pandemic. Now, the truckers start protesting. They say, hey, flowy hair. We're not into this shot thing. We don't want to have to choose between our job and getting an injection that we don't care about. We're not interested in. We don't want to do it. Well, what does the little weenie boy do? Who I think, if you ask me, looks like a woman. He looks like a woman that had a surgery to transform into a man. And that includes his hair. So, what did he do? He wouldn't he just doubled down. He wouldn't negotiate with these people. He wouldn't talk to them. He wouldn't say, "Hey, let's sort through this or let's sit down and talk." He just said, "No. You got to move the protesters. You can't be there." So, he invoked some kind of criminal war law ability that allows him to use the National Guard to push everyone out. But I want to play a clip of him talking. And and this clip says it all to me. Just a smug arrogant, condescending. Okay, I, I'm going to play it and then and then we'll talk about it. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. So that was before the protests went down. And what really rubbed me the wrong way is when he said a fringe of the minority have unacceptable views that they're expressing. Do you see how minimizing that statement is? You're telling someone that their views are unacceptable. I'm sorry, your views are not acceptable and we will not let you protest against the right to not have a shot because your views are unacceptable. You must view things the way that we do. You must conform to the rules that we set forth because we are smart and you are stupid And your views are unacceptable. Now, telling someone their views are unacceptable is something you would say to a a legitimate racist. Someone who thinks that you should hang someone for the color of their skin. Someone who thinks that someone should be shot for shoplifting. That's an unacceptable viewpoint. Someone who thinks that torture is a solution for things is an unacceptable viewpoint. Someone who thinks that animals should be abused is an unacceptable viewpoint. The notion that that someone thinks they shouldn't have to choose between getting an unknown injection and keeping their job. They're not saying, screw all the injections, screw everyone who gets injections, screw the injections. They're saying, we're fine with injection being here. We're fine with people taking the injection. We just don't want you to force us to take the injection. And that is an unacceptable viewpoint. They're not saying the injection takers are all idiots and that they should go die, like Howard Stern says. They're just saying that we should have the right to choose whether or not we take the injection. And this little feather-headed sissy boy whose shoulders are narrower than my wrist is saying that their viewpoints are unacceptable. And they're just going along with it. Whatever you say, we don't want to make any problems. We're just going to be okay with that. That's fine. They can do their thing. They've been ruled by a monarchy and a kingdom their entire existence. They don't think that people should have the right to make their own decisions. They want the big head person in charge to make all the decisions for them. Oh, I couldn't imagine living that way. If I lived in Canada, I would be out of there. I would be I, I would like to think that I would be out of there. Once the president tells me that someone has unacceptable views, that their opinions are not even valid. You are so dumb. Your opinions aren't valid. <laughs> oh yeah. My opinion that I would rather not have to take a shot if I don't want to take a shot. I mean, if I'll do it, if I want to do it, okay, cool. I'll do it. But my viewpoint that I should have the right to choose is unacceptable. Dude, this is the beginning of the end. People will keep acting this way. People are going to keep, it's, it's, it's working. Look, the, the protests got broken up. And so it's reinforcing to this guy, Oh, Featherhead. It worked for him. And that's what's scary to me. That is the beginning of a tyrannical dictator. Remember, Hitler got voted into power. I know, I know, I'm a crazy right-wing conspiracy theorist. Go ahead and tell me that right now. All the craziness, all the, the craziness starts with one little move throughout history. Do I think this is going to happen in our lifetime? I don't know. I have no idea. Do I think that, that Trudeau is going to organize a genocide? Probably not. The guy, I wouldn't trust him to kill a fly. But it's the beginning of a government who thinks that they're far more powerful than the people. It's a government who thinks that people should fear them. No, that's wrong. The government should fear the people. Which, which place would you rather live in? Would you rather live where the people fear the government or the government fears the people? Take your pick. I know where I'm going. And it's not Canada. Speaking of lacking trust, the reason that we no longer trust the media is because they're biased. If they weren't biased, we would probably still trust them. But they've figured out that being biased is more profitable. So with that, we get a bunch of media that we can no longer trust. And for whatever reason, the media leans liberal. They lean left. And so I was thinking, why do they lean left? What, what is it about the liberal agenda or the liberal movement that attracts the media? And I think it's a combination of things. I think the left generally is the kind of people who love power. Same thing with the, the media is a way to acquire power. Now, sure, there's people on the right who love power, too. I would never deny that. But I think the links at which the left goes to acquire power is different than where the right goes to acquire power. I also think that the types of people who are in Hollywood, these actor people that don't live in the real world, that have been going to cocktail parties since they were 19, that seek to win awards for their journalistic coverage and they will do so at almost any cost. I think these people who have also been taking in the this particular channel of media as long as they can remember and they're influenced just like the rights influenced then you're going to end up with a spitting image of the people that came out before them or or, or probably even a little bit more biased as As each crop of newscasters come through, they get more left and more left and more left because it's more profitable and more profitable and more profitable. But I think for the most part, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this is not going to apply to everybody. This is a generalization. The kind of people who want to be in front of a camera and they want to be the center of attention are the same kind of people Who think that the truckers are not capable of making their own decision about the vaccine. And I know there's people that are saying, well, that's a stretch, man. You're just, you're really reaching there. Maybe I am. Maybe I am. There's no way to prove it other than observing things and making generalizations, which I'm perfectly okay with. So it's been my observation that the type of people who like to make rules, like to be the center of attention, like power. And think that the general public isn't qualified to make lots of their own decisions. It's all the same kind of person. And so that's why we see the same kind of person that's in the media outlets, and the same kind of person that act is that act is the act is, you know, the act is that acts, whether it now be on Netflix or Hollywood or sitcoms or whatever, it's the same type of person. And so that's why I think the media has gotten so far to the left. I don't know. That's just my opinion. You don't have to sue me, bro. If you don't agree with it, tell me why not. I want to hear what you think. Of course, none of you will tell me. Nobody nobody who ever disagrees with me ever contacts me. So don't be scary. It's okay. I don't bite too hard. I really would like to have a show where I can bring people on who have diametrically opposed viewpoints and talk through some of these things with them. And I know I can do it without getting all huffy and puffy and fussy pants, but I just don't know if they can. Another thing I was thinking about when it comes to performers and, and artists and people who are on the center stage in the spotlight is that there's no more crowd favorites. We had guys like Bob Hope, Meryl Streep, Bob Barker. I hate to say it, but Bill Cosby, until the thing came the thing, until the thing came out. When it wasn't supposed to, you know, these guys were all-time favorites. Loved by almost everyone, hated by almost no one until they made the big mistake. Especially Jell-O pudding guy. And those days are gone. And those days are gone because we have the insights to see what everyone does, what they think, all their thoughts they put out there. And so they just get crucified because no one aligns with someone on every single thing. And so there will be topics that you feel passionate about and there'll be topics you don't care about. But whenever you disagree with someone, you won't love them as much as if you weren't really sure how they felt. I mean, I don't really know any of those people that I named, their political viewpoints. I mean, we don't really know what they are. We didn't know back then. But now people almost require you to to take a side, to take a stand on all these issues. And if they don't require you, most people are willing to just put it out there. And when you do that, you get you lose followers and you gain followers. But you can't be loved by everyone today. There's just there's too much out there. There's too much data, there's too many decisions, there's too many actions. No matter what you do, no matter what you've done, I think Mother Teresa, if Mother Teresa was around today, there would be people who hate her. And that's just because they see what she does throughout her day. They may say Well, I'm a hardcore vegan. I believe that no animal should die under any circumstances whatsoever. And Mother Teresa, she stepped on an ant. And I just can't be for that. I can't be for people who step on ants. I mean, I go through great troubles to make sure that no animal dies at my hands. And Mother Teresa should be a little bit better than that. So Because of that, we stand in solidarity against Mother Teresa. (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't seem too far off, does it? And because of this, because of the fact that we now know more than we should, it's just going to create more and more division. You know, Biden says, come on, it's just, uh, bring the country together. and We're going to unify, unity, unify, unity. Uh, why, why so? <laughs> look, look, man. Hey, come on, man. Right? Remember that, all that unity talk? Well, never. It's never going to happen again. Now it's just going to be, we're going to go toe to toe. We're going to bring in the big guns. Trump's going to try to out-cheat Hillary in the next election. And it's going to be this big cheat fest. No matter who wins, they're going to be accused of cheating. And they probably did. Nothing will ever happen. Nothing ever happens to these people. Just remember that. They're above the law. They get by with whatever they want to get by with. And I used to think, oh, well, that's just crap. You know, I thought... I thought this when I was 14, that politicians get by with whatever they want from about 15 to 27, 28, 30. I thought, man, that's not true. They're going to get caught. You know, Clinton was impeached and they have these trials and investigations and that's all true. They do, but nothing ever comes of it. Nothing ever comes of it. Had I been a mayor of a city and did what Hillary did with her emails, I'd been fired. I'd been run out of there. Like a dog, like a stray dog. I mean, go on, get out of here. Get out of here, yo dog. We see your emails on an unsecured server. Get That's unprofessional. Get on out of here. But nope. Hillary got to go to Congress and just <laughs> laugh about the <laughs> scrub like with her rag or whatever it was. She said like scrub with, to clean it, like scrub it, playing stupid. She's dumb, but she's not that dumb. I'm going off. I'm going off on these people because I don't like them. I don't respect them. I don't think they should just be able to get by with anything. There's literally laws that allow the president and vice president to not be held accountable for their family doing business dealings with foreign countries. Every other congressman, senator, they're all held accountable. They're not allowed to have people doing certain business deals with certain people in certain countries. It doesn't apply to the president and vice president. This is how Joe Biden got to where he is today he's been selling secrets his whole family affair it's his brother his uncle his daddy his son they have made a family business out of palling up with foreign countries and trying to help win influence if you believe me thank you if you don't go do some research tell me why i'm wrong hunter biden's laptop was recovered biden says he's the smartest man i know Nothing happens. Nothing ever happens. Biden did the same thing that Trump was impeached for. I don't know if you guys remember this. I talked about it quite a bit. There was an investigation going on with a company called Burisma. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, was on the board. The Attorney General of the Ukraine started sniffing around, and he kept asking, "Why is this guy? Who is this dude? What what does he have? He's been to rehab six times, and he's on the board of our oil company, our state-owned." Oil company? What? What? So Biden goes over there and tells the president, Zelensky, uh, you tell that son of a bitch, you fire him or I'm not giving you a billion dollars. Supposedly, Zelensky went to Biden and said, you can't do that. Biden goes back to Zelensky and says, you watch me. You got six hours. If you don't fire him, you're not getting the money. And sure enough, he fired him. He fired the guy that was looking into his son's position on the board of the country of the oil company in Ukraine. So then Trump starts trying to snoot around and say, wait, whoa, whoa, time out. What was all this about? Why did you, Joe Biden, care if this guy was fired? Why why were you so emphatic on getting him fired? Was it because he was looking into your son's nefarious history and dealings? And what ended up happening? Trump got impeached. He got impeached for snooting around. Oh, there's a quid pro quo. (laughs) which is the exact same thing that Bo Jiden did. Mm. You know, it's really sad. It's really sad. And I know it's negative. I know it's, I'm always on here bashing about our politicians, but I was thinking last night, man, is there hope? There, there is no, the way that we're going, the people that we're electing, the people that are in quote unquote leadership positions, there's no way we'll ever get out of this. Nothing, nothing will ever get better. Until we change the people who are leading the country, Until we can figure out how to get people in there who thrive to make decisions and they thrive on efficiency and they figure out how to save money and they figure out how to give more power back to the people, until we can figure out how to do that, we're doomed. And so hopefully something can come along that that resets us before it gets too bad. That's really what I'm hoping for. I don't think all of a sudden we're going to start putting people in office who have sound character and they have moral convictions, and they're willing to stand on their principles. It's too far gone. It's too corrupt. There's too much power. Business is too integrated. They're in bed together. Money flows across the table, back and forth, on the top and the bottom. And here we are grinding it out. Just the regular guys like me and you, grinding it out every day, trying to figure out how we're going to pay the light bill, trying to figure out how we're going to pay our employees, trying to save up enough money to go on a vacation, and these yahoo's are using the stock market that they're controlling by buying options 6 months in advance for things that they know are going to happen. It is mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. Voting, you know, I'm convinced like voting's great, but you still have the two choices, the idiot and the bigger idiot. Yeah, we've we've got to shift. We've got to go back to leadership. We I really feel like that if you could look back when the forefathers founded this country and they said, here's our vision, here's what we want it to look like. People from the community stepped up. The local baker, the butcher, the guys who understood the people that they work around. The vast majority of this country is made up by middle-class people. They're the ones we should be listening to. You think they're too stupid to make their own decisions? That's fine. Let's let them make their own decisions and see what happens. I'm reading a book right now called The Changing World Order. Why Nations Succeed and Fail by Ray Dalio. And Ray Dalio is a longtime investor. He's an older guy. He's been around for a while. But he's always studied market cycles. And market cycles happen by the minute and also by the millennium and everywhere in between. It's just a little squiggly line that the more you zoom in, the more it's bouncing up and down. The more you zoom out, the bigger those swings are. And this book is kind of terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It comes with like uh, 85 pages of charts. And so when he goes through the readings, he refers back to these charts. And they show numbers that that are terrifying. He goes back and he gives examples of countries and the rise and the fall and what happens in between. And it sounds like what's happening with us. Now, I don't mean to be doom and gloom. You know, I just... I I'm enamored by the future, and I want to know what's going to happen. So I take every opportunity I can to try to look into it, predict it, and see if I can get close. But we don't know what kind of time frame we're looking at. You know, he says a lot of times it feels like things are happening faster than they really are because some people are more in tune to what's happening and some people are less in tune to what's happening. So the people who are more in tune to what's happening think that things are going to happen right now, it's going to be bad, and get ready, go buy guns, ammo, seeds, all that stuff. And then there's the people... The, the swing probably won't even affect. It's uh, the further you go in your life and the more wealth you acquire, and I don't, mean, I don't mean wealth like you have to be wealthy, the more things you have, your 401k, your retirement, your savings, the equity in your home, the more things you have, the more value of your portfolio, the more you feel these market swings. And, you know, it could get bad enough where it's like the Great Depression when everyone, even the... The minimum wage worker felt it. I sure hope it doesn't happen like that. But it could. It could very well happen that way. But it could also be nothing. You know, we could just be, um, we could be in a minor dip and things could turn around and we'd be fine. It's hard to believe that knowing the state of the dollar and the economy and the government and the Federal Reserve and the space that we're in right now. But it's interesting. Just be on the lookout. I highly recommend the book. I had to put it on 1.5x because the guy reads so slow. But so far, it's a really good book. The Changing World Order. Why Nations Succeed and Fail. All right, guys. Speaking of fail. Oh, one more thing before I sign off. I think I may have blown out of proportion this this the announcement Or this thing that I want to talk about It's not really an announcement There's no big life changing thing happening It has to do with Wojtek My Polish friend who was staying with me Starting in July He recently moved out about a week ago Um, Yeah, when he first moved here We had every intention of him starting a business I would fund it He would work Whenever he got maxed out I would help him grow the business and things didn't really go that way. So, over the course of his time here, we kind of grew further and further apart. Uh, I think he had different expectations than what I had. I'm not quite ready to lay out all the details. But, anyway, I know people were wondering, like, oh, he talked about this all the all this time and all these stories and all this stuff. And, number one, he didn't really feel comfortable talking on the mic. And, number two, it just things just kind of rapidly deteriorated so maybe one day I'll go into all the details but I felt like I just owed a little explanation sorry if I hyped it up I do have a little bit of an announcement coming but that's just it's little it's about my hammocks I've mentioned to you before that I'm gonna have a little hammock website you have no idea how hard it is to get a photographer lined up to take hammock pictures with models yeah so whenever that happens The hammock website will go live and I'm going to give you guys the first rights to buy stuff. So I'm going to announce it to you guys when it's going to go live. I'm going to put it up and that way you get first crack at it. I don't have a ton of the Nicaraguan hammocks. I've got like 13 or 14. So I think they're going to go pretty quick. But anyway, I felt like you guys deserve the first right to have the first crack all 36 of you, but that's the Voitek situation. He's now moved out. He's still living in Corpus with Someone else that he met. And so I wish him the best. Uh, we still have some unfinished business. And I'll kind of keep you posted. It's not something that I care to talk about anymore. You know, it's something that I feel like I did something to help someone. And I I feel like I got taken advantage of. He probably will disagree with that. He will probably say that... Well, who knows? I don't know what he would say. But typically, people don't admit to taking advantage of other people. So, um, But yeah... He, he, he has a chance to make it right. Uh, we'll see. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. And now for my next trick, I'm going to wrap up the show. I appreciate you listening to the Life in Paradise podcast. This is the Monday episode special. The only show on the interwebs that has nothing to do with the title anymore. Thanks again for listening. I'd like everyone to go out there, speak your mind, be respectful. Be a leader. If you're not, recognize that you're not and point out those who are. You should put leaders in the position to lead us. That should be our goal. Spend some money on someone that you shouldn't. Do your taxes. Sometimes get extra bacon. Tell people around you that you love them. Visit family when you can. And always, 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 no matter what, just wear the mask. Thanks again for listening. Keep it trinky looking. And I went down to the demonstration to get my fair share of a view.